to the Hear Cape Tell podcast, where we share the stories of everyday leaders, their transition from sport to career. And of course, I am your host, Christina Alexander. Joining me today is a former student athlete and current senior director of community relations and youth programs, Rashana Hamilton. We, we will dive into the importance of owning the process, of course, the transition, the value of a support system and what transferable skills are applicable in the sports industry. Welcome, RJ. What's happening? Hello. Thank you for having me. This is very, very exciting. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have you. You know, it's been a minute, but you are doing some amazing things. And I want to just dive right in. So let's let's talk about how has sport been the vehicle and many of the things that you have accomplished in your life? Because you've accomplished a lot of things. Well, you know, I, I've been outside once or twice and I've done a few things. So that's always fun. <laughs> and I think that sports has really, really helped me because it just gave me a foundation. I think of hard work and it just gave me some transferable skills that I think I've been able to take with me everywhere I've gone. I love it. I love it. Now, we we will dive a little bit deeper into what those transferable skills are, because I think it's important not only for student athletes, but career changers or just some folks who are just trying to figure it out. You know, we always want to talk about pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. And so I want to I want to dive a little bit deeper, a little, a little bit later on. But I want to talk about where does your basketball journey begin and who was your biggest influence? Absolutely. So, you know, I started playing basketball when I was like, you know, in middle school, which is crazy because people don't start that late anymore. Like if you're not starting at three and four years old, it's not going to happen for you. You've got to put in all your 10,000 hours in before you (laughs) have even started school. So I will say that it you know, I was a late bloomer, but I had always played sports. So I was really a soccer player that transitioned to playing basketball. And so I think that, you know, starting at that point, like I just had to play catch up. You know, mm-hmm. there were so many girls that were better than I were. You know, they were just, they were talented. I'm on all these teams. And now I'm <laughs> like, gosh, I can't dribble. My jump shot <laughs> looks funny, right? Like all of my challenges are now on full display because I've decided mm-hmm. to love this sport that I've started so late. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. So yes. so who was your biggest influence? Because I, I, I want to shout out your dad just because he's yes. an amazing guy. Not only because he's your dad, <laughs> because I've had the priv- privilege of working with him at GW. You know, so who was your biggest influence? Was it mom? Was it dad? Well, well, I'll say it's mom, right? Like dad was the basketball coach, so he didn't want to be overbearing. So he was like, if she's going to fall in love with it, she's going to fall in love on her own. He would never take me outside to practice unless I asked him, of course. you know, and then he had to have time. You know, there's it's That's it's true. great if your dad's a coach and he's home, but he's got to recruit like he's he's working. So, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, I will say, is like she's the boss in our house for sure. And she was like, all right, we let's go get our jump shots in. Let's, let's go get our run on. Like my mom was keeping it all together, really pushing me to play. So um, if my dad is listening, I want him to know that I love him, but we all know that mom was the lady in the house that was getting it done. Yes. Shout out to Mrs. Hobbs. And of course the illustrious Carl Hobbs, great guy, yeah. right. Great coach. 
loving what he's doing over there, um, you know, on the men's side. So what was your transition like from high school to college on and yeah. off the court? Yeah. So I think on the court, right, a lot of people will talk about that struggle of going from high school to college. You know, mm -hmm. you you mm -hmm. come in as a freshman, you're small. You know, when I came in, I was the only freshman on my team. So now I'm small and I'm the only. So I'm, I stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> And it just, it was, it was rough, you know, and I think any student athlete goes through that time that they're like, am I going to make it? Cause I just, I don't know really is what it comes down to. But, um, so it was, it was definitely rough. And I think off the court was probably a little bit easier for me because, really? um, the way that my university was set up, you know, we didn't have to live with our teammates. So I think that it was actually a little easier for me because I was able to make friends outside of the team. So it gave me a bit of balance. And I know that not a lot of student athletes have that. So I was really fortunate to have balance where I had friends that weren't on my team. I could kind of escape it. And so that transition was a little easier for me than on the court was. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Friends outside yes. of your sport. Okay. Yes. Now, yes. would you say... Was it a distraction that dad was a coach or was it helpful as well, you were it, in your collegiate years? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Like my dad is, he's the guy. Anybody that's coached in the mid-Atlantic to the northern area knows co-ops, right? Like, <laughs> and so I think it was, I think for any coach's kid or like athlete's kid, right? There's this pressure to perform. You're just mm -hmm. expected to be great. And, you know, they, people feel like there's no other option for you but greatness. And so I think it, it's, it's not a distraction, but it is, a, it makes the, the, the expectation a little higher. So mm -hmm. I think that was a little tough. Um, but I think from him, I never felt distracted. I think if anything, I felt supported from him. Um, because like I said, he, wanted me to love it. So even in the summer, you know, everybody goes home and, you know, he's working and I would have to ask him to work out. And he's like, look, I, I know all the things that you need to do, but I'm only going to give you those tools when you tell me you're ready for them, yes, which I really yeah. appreciated because he let me fall in love with the game on my own. So it was a genuine relationship that basketball and I had, and it wasn't one that was kind of built on this pressure to play from him. Oh, I love the story. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to the Hobbs family. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Now, if you had to sum up your collegiate career, because I think it's important, you know, when we, when we reflect back on our careers and what they did for us and not just in terms of the stats and, you know, the wins, no one cared. No one asked nowadays, how many wins did you have your freshman, sophomore year? But sum up your <laughs> collegiate career on the court in three sentences. I mean, when, when I saw this question, I said, oh, my gosh, Christina Alexander is putting the pressure on me. I have to come up with, like, something amazing. Well, I mean, you know, Coach K going to do it at some point, whether it's touching me line, you got to make this left-hand layup. I mean. Yes. Yes, it's coming. You will be great whether you want to or not if you exactly. are going to work with Coach K. And so I think my college career was, you know, full of adversity. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's the first part. And I don't think that that's unique to me, Rashana Hamilton. I think every student athlete has their moments of adversity within their career. 
whether it's on the court or off the court. And I think my career had the adversity of I I played for two different head coaches, Mm -hmm. one that recruited me and one that didn't. And so there's adversity there when you're kind of trying to be in somebody's system that maybe you didn't even really get recruited to play in. You know, I had a teammate that got diagnosed with lupus who I'm extremely close to just seeing her physical struggle and being on the sideline for that is like a reminder that there's things bigger than sport when you're in the moment. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was, that was huge. Um, And so all of that, I think was, was that adversity of how do I overcome these things and still be a great basketball player and a great person. So I think that is a big piece. I think the second thing I would say about my career is that it was fun. You know, nobody remembers the wins and losses. And and in my career, I probably had way more losses than I had wins. But I don't remember those games. I remember hanging out with my teammates. And I remember, you know, sitting in airports with my teammates and and all the jokes that we had together and all of the bonding time and, you know, all of the things we did outside of the court that, that are memorable that I take with me. And I still talk to those people today. And so I think the fun part, right? Like it's, it's fun to be a student athlete and to get that experience. So I think that that's the second part. And then I think the third part was that it was just life changing. And I do, Truly, truly mean that because I don't think that I would be the employee, the mom, the wife, the person that I am without having played a sport. Like I, my my wife will tell you, I am the most ridiculous planner in the world. She's like, can we just, can we just get up and go? And I'm like, no, no, no. We need no. a plan. We have to leave at yes. eight. You know, we got to start loading the car at 750. Right. And that comes from my basketball days, right? Like I needed to know if we're going to get on the bus at this time, what time do I got to start getting ready? What's that? What do I need to pack? Yes. Like, yes. And so I take all of that into how I operate in my job. I take that in how I operate in my marriage and with my family. And so, you know, it just was truly life changing to do that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Which, <laughs> which kind of transitions into my next questions. What were some of the skill sets you developed on the court during that time that play a huge part in your ability to lead, transform, and serve many communities in your current role, which you kind of touched a little bit on that organization, time management. What are some other things? Yeah, those are two huge ones. But I think the one that has allowed me to be successful in my career, if you can call it success, I think I'm still growing, but... Um, I think it's relationship building, you know, being the only freshman coming in, which means I was the only person for my class all the way through. Um, because, you know, in my day, people weren't jumping in and out of the portal the way no. they do now. No, so, no. No, you know, no. once you got somewhere, you were like, I'm in, like, I'm here I am, I'm going to graduate here. I mean, for somebody to leave was so taboo. But uh, <laughs> the relationship building, you know, I had to come in and learn how to connect with my teammates. I had to learn how to connect with my coaches. I had to learn to connect with a new set of coaches when I got a new set of coaches, you know, and, and living with people that weren't student athletes or they weren't my teammates. I had to mm-hmm. learn how to connect with people just on the university side that were there for different reasons. And so that ability to be in a room and leave with a contact or a friend or making a connection, I think I've been able to use that in every job that I've held, especially now. You know, what I do for the Dolphins is I find ways to make an impact in the South Florida community. Mm 
And in order to do that, right, I need all of those people that could be part of this change, all those stakeholders. So I have to learn how to have a conversation with the mayor of Miami-Dade County and speak right. to the things that are important to her and with commissioners, but also with the YMCA or the YWCA or, you know, big brothers, big sisters. But then I also have to connect with the kids that are using these services. So that ability to be adaptable and build relationships is the ultimate thing that I took away from being a college athlete. Oh, when I talk about nugget drop, you just did the nugget <laughs> drop right then and there. Okay. So yes. if I am a student athlete listening to this, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't stumbled upon this Hear K Tell podcast from Shauna Hamilton. Oh, I remember her. What <laughs> must haves and how to's do you feel are critical when transitioning from sport to career? I think using your network is vital. I think that students today graduate and they think they need to know the person, right? They think they need to know the CEO or the founder or the leader in the organization. And, and you don't have to, you just need to know one person. So I always tell young people that are looking to transition into sport, use your network, the people that know your work ethic, the people that know your work mm -hmm. product, use that network because they have their own network. So you're really only two or three steps away from where you wanna be if you use your network to your advantage. I always tell them to um, be memorable. You know, I have found, I worked in sales for a little bit and I have found that you have to be memorable. You have about 15 seconds of somebody's attention <laughs> to be memorable. And so when you meet somebody, ask them where they're from, ask them what school they went to, ask them who their favorite team is, find something that you can connect to that makes you memorable to that person so that when you follow up with them later, you can throw in and say, hey, I know we went to the same university or remember my dad went to the same school that right. you went to. You know, there's that connection point that makes you memorable to them. Ooh, I love it. Now, we're not yes. going to get into your recruiting process and what made <laughs> RJ memorable, but let's just say everything that she has outlined is accurate and correct. <laughs> RJ did it herself, got it done. <laughs> I just want to make sure I put that out there. I appreciate K. that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you could give more advice to either student athlete that has exhausted their eligibility or a mm -hmm. career changer, what would it be specifically pertaining to transferable skills in an industry such as yourself, like the sports industry? Yeah, I think that anybody looking to get into the sports industry, whether you're transitioning in, whether you're moving laterally or whatever the case may be, I, um, I always love when people are looking to get in and they ask me about what gaps I needed filled. Mm -hmm. Right. So find a challenge, an obstacle that an organization or a person that an organization has and come up with a solution for that challenge. You know, when I sit in an interview and somebody will say to me, well, what's been the biggest issue that you guys are having connecting to the community or why haven't you been able to break into certain areas of the community? Right. And then mm -hmm. they can tell me a suggestion. Oh, well, you know, you could do X or Y or Z to do that. I always find that to be very important because now you're telling me that you can solve problems. You're telling me that you're innovative and we're all a business, right? We're all looking yes. to see how we can become better for our business. So if you can be a voice of how that can happen, you are going to become irreplaceable, which is 
very important in our industry. Yes. Oh, preach, preach, preach. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So then from sport to career, you have exhausted your college eligibility. You have two degrees. Now, tell me what... Tell me what those degrees are, because that's important. Congrats. Sure, sure. So I have a bachelor's degree in business management Mm -hmm. from the George Mason University, of course. Of course. And I have a um, master's of education, and it's with a concentration in sport and leadership, which is from Virginia Commonwealth University. Ooh. Now, with, with with that knowledge, with those experiences, what led you into your current role as the senior director in community relations of youth programs for the Dolphins? Like, how'd you get there? Yeah, so I started off my career working for the Wizards and I started in sales and I tell people, you know, when I was coming out, it was like, just get into sales. It's the way to get into sports. And I tell people, if you don't like sales, do not just get into sales because it is a grind. It's a lot of work. I mean, you are calling people, you are asking people to spend money and it's a difficult position. Now, some people are great at it. I just knew it was not my calling forever. And so I took that opportunity to get all the tools that I could about sales because I knew that having sales skills was going to be important. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of professional development with with sales and I learned how to talk to people, how to connect with people, how to ask for the pitch, right? And I learned, you know, little tips and tricks about smiling when you're on the phone because that comes through and, you know, giving people the space to answer the questions that you need and all of those things. And so I started there and then I realized that I didn't love it, which is just as important as realizing what you do actually like to do. And so I went back to grad school. So I actually worked for a year before I did grad school. Okay. And I was like, after I said sales is not enough, I went back, I got another degree. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a basketball coach. I was like, Coach K has inspired me. I will become a coach. I'm all in. And I was a a grad assistant. And I was like, I am out. This is not it. (laughs) No, ma'am. Right. Which is they it. are working uh, very hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so now I'm right now I've got two jobs I know I yeah. don't want to do. So what the heck am I gonna do now? And I started working for a marketing agency. So I was I was sports parallel in that I helped with all of the sponsorships um, that Lowe's had on the sports side for an agency. So I started doing, okay. you know, um, working with the Bobcats at the time, now the Hornets and, and the Checkers, which was the minor league hockey team. And so I was really adjacent. I was getting to work on really cool projects. And then I said, I'm starting to move a little far from where I want to be. I think I want to be on the team side. And I just started looking and I lucked up on a position with the Atlanta Hawks. And it was definitely more in my wheelhouse. It gave me an opportunity to do community work, to do basketball work. And so that kind of led me to the Dolphins. And I think I was really passionate about what I was doing at the Hawks and ended up getting the opportunity Mm -hmm. because I think my passion was just motivation and I just kept excelling. Ooh. I love it. I love it. Now, you you kind of highlighted that process, that outline of, of how you got to where you are. Are there any habits or mantras or better yet morning nuggets that you practice that help you feel like like you're about to, you know, attack the day, like you're about to win the day? Because I think it's important. 
Right. So, you know, I will say as a new mom, there is not a lot of time for me to figure out how to win the day in the morning. (laughs) And so (laughs) I really try to win the day at night. And so for me, winning the, winning the, Yes. Winning the day looks like a gratitude journal at night. So when I get up in the morning, I am feeling refreshed because I have slept on the gratitude of the night, the day before. So I, whether my day was crazy and I got nothing done, whether I was able to spend five minutes or five hours with my kids, which can be both like consuming and wonderful (laughs) and crazy at the same time, You know, I sit down with my journal that I keep on my bed and I write down at least three things that I'm grateful for in that day. And sometimes they're big things, right? They're they're things like we got a sponsor, a new sponsor on board, or I had a baby, right? They're big things. And sometimes it's just like, I made it to work on time. And that's enough (laughs) for me to be grateful for. Because then when I wake up in the morning, I really am waking up with, this spirit of gratitude and I'm already waking up knowing like there's going to be three things I'm going to have to write about today. So like, let me find and focus on those three things to be grateful for. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love yes. it. Mm. Yeah. Now you mentioned, you mentioned your family. So with the growing family, cause you, you have two blessings. What advice would you give you? What advice will you give your kids knowing what you know now when it comes to playing and choosing a sport? You know, I would tell my kids to try it all um, when they're young. You know, I think we focus way too much on specialization with kids. And if they've decided they like basketball at six, now we're all in and they've got to go get a Nike deal at seven. (laughs) And I don't want that pressure. I want my kids to fall in love with whatever sport they want to choose. So I would definitely tell them to try everything. I would tell them though, once they've decided to try it, you're in for the season. So don't don't tell me you want to try baseball and a week after practice, you want to quit. You're in, you're in for the right. season. So um, I would tell them that. And then I very much would tell them to find balance. You know, as much as you Ooh. love anything, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. So if mm-hmm. you love basketball and that's what you really want to do, love it, play it, practice it as much as you want. And then remind yourself that like, Hey, every now and then just, just go out to the playground and just play just because, you know, um, and really, really make sure that you're balancing that love with just a little bit of something else to kind of keep you passionate. Oh, I love it. Listen, RJ speak mom. Oh, these nugget drops. I love it. I love it. Now, So what's next for you, RJ? Because what you do, and you've been doing this for quite some time, and, and you know, as someone who has had the pleasure of working with you and and just, you know, pouring into you, what you do now in in, in the communities in Miami, like, I'm I'm just like, it's it's a great thing. We need it. We need more folks who have been there, done that, helping our young people. What's next for you? So I think what's next for me is um, just continuing to make an impact. I think that I am constantly Mm -hmm. trying to find ways to change the table for those that are coming behind me and not just change, but I'm constantly trying to find ways to make the table a little bit better for those people that are sitting 
there currently, but also the people that will sit there when I get up or, you know, right. and, and so mm. that's really what's next for me is it's continuing to find ways to make change, continuing to find ways to improve our systems, continuing to shatter ceilings and hopefully make that space a little bit better. Ooh, yes. Not, not when I get up making that space better. I love that. I love that sentence. So obviously you work with the Dolphins. I have to ask you this question because as someone who is an NFL uh, fan, I'm a Jets fan, so I don't talk because my team is not that good. Are you a Dolphins fan or? <laughs> can you, can you uh, repeat that question for me? I said, are you a Dolphins fan? Like, is that your team? Maybe, maybe, maybe she's not a Dolphins fan. All right. <laughs> Who's your NFL team? Who's your NFL? No, I, I totally apologize. My, my connection got unstable for a second there, um, which is why I had you repeat it. So hopefully you can do your question and then record the answer to mine <laughs> again. I got you. Um, I got you. Who's my team? I mean, I am absolutely a Dolphins fan. I think, oh, um, no. Oh, no. you know, I, I I grew up in Maryland. And so I am a Ravens fan by where I grew up. But I have moved to South Florida. I have drank the water. And let me tell you, the Dolphins are going to be something special this season. So keep your eye on us. Absolutely. I think, um, I think too, is a great example of young talent. Um, you know, I think people mm -hmm. are very, very mm -hmm. hard on young talent and I think we don't give them enough space to grow. And I think he's just growing and I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, and so I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see where we go in general with our new coaching staff, but I am absolutely a Dolphins fan. So anybody listening to that podcast better check us out this season. Ah, I know that's <laughs> right. Well, I, like I said, I am a Jets fan, so I'm not going to talk loud. I am going to be rooting for the Dolphins. I do like Tua. I do like, you know, your new additions to your offense and defense. So we will see. We will see. So stay connected with past episodes and guests at ChristinaAlexander.com. Follow, like, share, feedback on my YouTube channel, Christina Alexander. Join us next week for more nuggets from sport to career. Your experience is your expertise. Appreciate you, RJ. Thanks so much. This was so fun. <laughs>